Welcome back to Dating After Death, a podcast dedicated to the journey of finding love again after losing your forever person. And I'm your not-so-anonymous host. Well, believe it or not, we have made it to the end of another season of Dating After Death, the podcast. We are closing on season three, talking today to Mike Daniels and his brand new bride, Amanda Daniels. And we are fresh off of their wedding and then moving in together. And they just have a really lovely story that as an Instagram user, and that's how I connect with most of you, this story really resonates with me because that's how they met. And it's just really so sweet and courageous what they're doing, merging their lives together in this way with six kids. Ah. (laughs) Anyway, I think you'll really enjoy this conversation. Mike and Amanda are both widowed. And that gives us a very unique perspective into what it is like to move forward with somebody else who is going through something really similar. Quick side note, the sound quality of this podcast is really important to me. So I have to do a disclaimer because Mike and Amanda and I ended up having to call on FaceTime, which is fine. It's just it doesn't sound as great and it's a little glitchy in places. So a little grace, please, for the sound today. And... Let's just jump into it. Here we go. Hi, you guys. It's so nice to meet both of you. Nice to meet you, too. Nice yeah. to meet you. We're and legitimately in our closet, like I, I told you. I see. <laughs> That's great. Congratulations. Thank you very much. Thank you. You're welcome. How was the wedding? Lovely. Lovely, yeah. Was it small? It was great. Yeah. Okay. So my voice is still recovering from my surgery I had a few months ago, so it's not as loud as it normally is. Yeah, you've been, um, like, all cylinders go between the surgery and the wedding, and... Well, we moved Amanda out here, like, from South Carolina a month ago. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. We've got a lot going on. Yeah. Okay, so, first of all, thank you for doing this. I... To take the time and have your six kids doing something... (laughs) To do this is, it means a lot to me. So thank you for doing it. And I know that people, like people have been asking me to talk to you for a while, Mike. And then I think once the announcement came out, then it was like, oh my gosh, we can't wait to hear that story. So, um, (laughs) so can you both start? I just love to hear if you don't mind just a little bit about your lives before, like, obviously we only have an hour to talk. So, and I want to talk to both of you and, but if you could just give like a quick kind of overview of life before each of you, and then we can talk about your meeting and all of that. Okay. Can I go first? Why don't you go first? Okay, I'll go first. Angela and I, we knew each other, I think I was 17 when I first met her. Uh, She moved to Idaho, and we liked each other pretty quickly, and we're about 17 years, 18 years old, we started dating, and uh, we fell in love quickly. We got married in the summer, I was 19. I turned 20 the next day, so she was 21. We just had a fantastic connection, genuinely in love. We had a really fun marriage, great relationship. She was bright, always kind of like the life of the room, like a son, mm-hmm. I would say. Big, bright <laughs> smile, short, red hair. Um, we lived in Idaho. We lived in California. We moved around for a few years, having fun doing a lot of stuff with our church, mm-hmm. having a, the greatest time. We'd always say it felt like we just got married, mm. even if it had been a year, one year, two years, three years, four years. 
Um, we had four kids, Isaiah, Leonora, and then we had twins, Lincoln and Amelia. Oh, wow. But that's kind of like our family story. We had just a fantastic, like really privileged, very blessed, genuine, happy life, honestly. Yeah. And she died from cancer. Is that right? Yeah. Breast cancer. Okay. And how long did you battle that out? It was about 15 months. Okay. So the twins were one year old and she was finishing up nursing when we found out. Yeah. So she fought like a warrior. Of course. Just um, blew everyone's minds, how strong she was and how strong her faith was. She gave everything she had and we thought she'd make it. Honestly, we did. When was it that she passed? 2018. January. Okay. Okay. All right. And Amanda? Yeah. Um, so I was also really young when I met my husband, Rusty. Um, and we started dating when I was 16 oh, and wow. got married as soon as we could. It turned 18. It was two weeks after I graduated high school. We were, uh, we were already planning our wedding. I completely skipped prom. So I was like, no, I'm, I'm shopping for a wedding dress. I don't need to do that. <laughs> um, and so he lived in South Carolina. I lived in Virginia at the time. I was still living at home because I was, was eight years younger than him. He had a house and everything set up for me. So wow. graduated, got married, and then moved to South Carolina. We were married for 13 years the love of my life. And also like, as Mike explained, like we both knew what genuine love was just mm-hmm. pure happiness. we felt like we had a marriage that like no one even like got to ever experience. Yeah. It was just so wonderful. Yeah. And, um, we had two boys, Seth and Sawyer. My oldest is nine now and Sawyer's six. Of course they were two and five when their dad died. And Rusty was that person who made everyone laugh, everyone mm-hmm. that met him, like he was instantly best friends with, with everyone and complete life of the party all mm-hmm. the time. <laughs> so every day with him was like, just so fun. I love hearing these stories side by side. Cause I feel like, like your spouses would have been fun together too. Yes. You know? Do you ever talk about that? Yeah. They both seem like, like I'm sure they'd be fantastically fun yeah. and they both have like that bright, lively personality. Yeah, I've heard that, like, oh, you and Angela would have been such good friends. And, like, I feel the same way with with Rusty. Like, you would have loved him. Like, y'all would have loved to do that. So much in common. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, I mean, that must, like, I think this is such a unique thing that the two of you have, that you're both widowed. And then the ability to talk about it like that, it's, like, different than dating someone who's divorced because... The person who's divorced is like intentionally not really part of the picture, right? And I may interact with her, but it's not like I have this deep desire to be friends with her, right? And like listening to your stories, I'm like, oh, I bet you wish you could have met each other's person. Yes. Yes. And so what happened with Rusty, Amanda? So he had a heart condition that we kind of weren't sure what was going on. He he had a pacemaker. And so mm-hmm. he had that for seven years and didn't really feel good for a long time. But doctors would just say, you know, you're, you're okay. You're young, you're healthy. It's just something you have to get used to. And so for years, we just thought, okay, well, this is just what he has to put up with. It's, it's just, it is what it is, but you're going to be okay. Cause that's what he was told. And so he just kind of lived with it and it was still completely unexpected. Mm-hmm. One night he just the best way to describe it is 
basically like a heart attack. Mm -hmm. Um, I think there's a lot more to it where his heart just couldn't keep working as hard as it had been working for so long and it it just gave out. Um, And so, yeah, just in the middle of the night, he, he had like a heart attack and couldn't do it anymore. Yeah. That sounds really similar to another story we had had earlier in the season um, from Megan Zernicki. It was like the same thing with the heart condition. And so a sudden loss for you yeah. and the boys. Yeah. Two boys, right? Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. And Mike, you have two boys and two girls? Yeah. Okay. So there's four boys and two girls between you. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> oh the gosh. ages go from, the ages are, Isaiah turns 13, so we'll just go next month. We'll have a 13, 11. Nine, seven, seven, six. Oh my gosh. <laughs> You're warriors. <laughs> we go through a lot of food. I can imagine. Mike, I've been following your journey for a while, for a couple of years now, probably. Um, I know you've been really involved with Refuge Widow. Yeah, I mean, well, I went there last year. It was last October. Mm-hmm. And um, had searched for a while if there was anything like that to go to. Yeah. And there's a lot for widows, but there's almost nothing for widowers. Yeah. So I found Daniel and found that uh, he was putting that on. So I went there last year. Yeah. I'm not involved with, you know, that other than that I was able to go and make connections and be part of that. It was awesome. Life-changing last year. Yeah. It looks really cool. And I think it's fantastic that that resource is there because I hear that same thing. Yeah. There's not a lot for men. Right. So that's another reason I'm happy to have you on because I'm like, we need to hear more voices from the men in the community too. So um, I'm not very like vocal. Like if you hung out with me in person, I'm not going to be like very talkative about things unless I know you well. But I, I got to the point where other people were helping me hmm. and I was really encouraged by what I saw on Instagram. I was like, wow, this community. Yeah. So at one point I just decided, I guess maybe I'll start sharing. So yeah. I think it's great. I think it's great for people. Um, Okay, so speaking of Instagram, that's how you guys met? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) Tell the story. (laughs) I feel like it goes back to when I went on a widow's retreat, the Never Alone Widows. Oh, yes. Okay. So both of these are Christian-based retreats. Is that correct? So maybe it was when you went on yours because yours was in South Carolina. There's a commonality between the two because Brittany and Daniel are married. Daniel and helps with the men's one, and Brittany's been doing the women's one. So there's this commonality between the two. Okay. And so I went on mine in September. Okay. So I'm not exactly sure what month we became like Instagram connected. Sometime last year, mm-hmm. just as you know, like friendly just support. Supporting, hey. yeah. But I remember you first messaging me that. Or saying hello or whatever. Well, you weren't, you weren't single at the time. I wasn't single. <laughs> oh, you had dated before. Well, I was just like, hey, I, I saw you went to this widow's thing. Nice to make a connection with you. That's what it was. And I yeah. think you said you were going to one in my area. Right. Hmm. And so that was kind of like the first like hello. icebreaker, I guess. Okay. I mean, um, were you attracted to her? Is that why you sent the message? <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I thought she was very attractive. Yes. But she, she wasn't, uh, she wasn't single. So Amanda, can you tell me a little bit about like your dating experience before meeting Mike? Trying to date before 
was completely for the wrong reasons. Mm. And so everything just felt so wrong, so confusing, just never could make sense of anything. And I remember being so confused to the point of like, is this just what life is for me now? Because Mm. I still am always going to love, you know, resting my first husband and that's never going to change. So I don't know if this is just as good as it gets. So you kind of just go along with where you're at and just always hoping, okay, this is going to get better. This is going to feel like it's supposed to eventually. I just kind of have to keep going and keep waiting. And it, that never changed. And so for me, I finally was just like, you know, I'm just going to be okay with it being me and the boys. And I'm not, I'm not doing this anymore Mm -hmm. and gave myself just a break completely And then you always hear like, well, it's going to happen when you're not looking for it or Mm -hmm. not trying. And if that was not exactly what happened. (laughs) Okay. So you reached out, Mike, and then how did things progress from there? So at some points. Like there was a big gap. There was a gap, you know, like we didn't talk regularly. Yeah. Um, At some point, I think probably what happens is I checked your page and it was like, nobody out here. With all these guys out here. And I was actually planning on moving over to that area. Mm. Now, I had had some long-distance relationships that I tried. Um, I had a very similar dating experience to what Amanda had, where I didn't know what it was like to be in love again. I didn't know Mm. what was love. A lot of things didn't work out. I was very frustrated. Like, I'll just, like, I'm done. I guess I'm just going to be single. Mm -hmm. Yes, it's very confusing. If dating somebody who's divorced, that had happened. I dated people who were divorced. Mm -hmm. And um, they were offended by, I think, in a way, by Angela. And he just, it's hard to open up to them and actually talk mm-hmm. honestly, like from your core and explain how you feel. It takes yeah. a special person to receive that well, I think. Yeah. Yeah. So dating was not so fun. It wasn't. <laughs> I feel like it was a lot of putting on and pretending for a long time just to like appease everyone else and. Mm. So they feel bad about you feeling a certain way or constantly thinking about another person mm. when right. you're supposed to be over it by now. Yeah. When you say everybody else, do you mean the people you were dating or like all of the other people in your life? Well, b- both actually. <laughs> yeah, everyone. Because no one wants to like see you sad. They just want to see you better and happy. Right. And yeah. so you're just... 100%. Just put on for a while. Yeah. Just one more question about pre-each other for both of you. Did you find these people through dating apps or how did those... Have you talked about this, you guys? (laughs) I have not. I did all the dating apps, like Christian Mingle Match, Harmony, Tinder, although I wasn't using Tinder the way you think I was using Tinder, but (laughs) I tried everything. Like, I could not really meet people. I felt like... Saying I was a widower was like an instant no for most people. Oh, that's so interesting. Yeah. I think it might be different for the women. Like, there might be guys that are more interested in going for that. But I felt like online dating was the worst. (laughs) (laughs) What else? But how do you meet people if you don't, if you're working and you have kids? Yeah. Yeah. That's really interesting because I feel like as a woman, I would think it would be appealing to have a man be widowed. Like, have you seen that show, The Unicorn? There's a show on CBS. It's called The Unicorn, and it is about this guy whose wife dies. He's considered... Oh, yeah. You know, the lasagnas and all the things. (laughs) 
No, I was, no, it was not waiting for me. Wasn't that easy? Um, I definitely had interest, but it has to be mutual, right? So. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what about for you? I mean, I did try that, but it never, I was so dang picky. I was like, my Mm -hmm. standard, like, Rusty's at the bar so high. Yeah. I was like, (laughs) if one little thing was off, I'm just like, no, 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 (laughs) not doing it, not doing it. Um, so I did, like, try that for a while. There was, like, one, my first, like, relationship that I got into was from a dating app, but that whole thing was just not being ready for something like that, and then just, that was, that was just a bad situation, I guess you would say. So I had one from that, but, you know, I had friends, like, wanted me to set me up with someone or meet someone and mutual friends things. so yeah. it was all online for me. And about how long after your spouses died did you engage in dating? So for me, I like I wanted company. I 100% knew I did not want a relationship, but yeah. you just like you're so accustomed to like having someone every day and my family kind of talked me into like you should do this like it's, it's been a year you you should you should see you should hop on online and see who's out there and I remember like thinking well if they think I should I'll just give it a try but nowhere near was I ready mm-hmm. for that mm-hmm. but think on, on it's like oh you got to know what you want if you're putting yourself out there but it was so hard to even fill out a profile it's like I don't even know who I am anymore I don't yes. know how to, how to describe who I am what I want when Everything about me is so upside down right now. Mm-hmm. I would not advise. I would not advise online dating. <laughs> I don't know when to start, but uh, I think it's probably like around seven, eight months. I think I tried, but again, like what Amanda said, I just wanted to be around someone. Like yeah. you know, you're feeling just gray. You're feeling lonely. You're stuck at the house. I had four four kids, so <laughs> I'd hire a babysitter, pay her a bunch of money, and. Sometimes I'd just go wander around by myself. So that got boring. Yeah. And I just wanted to go to dinner with someone or a movie or something like, like that. Like you crave fun, too. Right. Like mm-hmm. all the fun in your life is just drained for right. so long. Yeah. And a break from the sadness or a break from... Yeah. Reality. Mm-hmm. So I tried, going, I tried going to some clubs and dancing. I was like, everyone's 20. <laughs> <laughs> I tried uh, a bunch of things with different people. And, um, yeah. yeah, but you know, I don't regret it because yeah. I wanted something to do. It was about le- relearning who you are again, yeah. too. Like, who am I without my spouse? True. Because that's so much of your identity for so long. Oh, yeah. But sometimes you go on a date and you're like, that went well. And then you go in your car and just cry mm-hmm. afterwards. Yep. Right. You're like, man, I don't, I don't know what I'm doing. Yeah. So that was the kind of the time frame. I think I've heard that from other people that around, like, that six month mark, they just start feeling really restless and they just had to get out and do something. And yeah, um, that feels normal. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I, um, at one point I went out into, I'm in Chicago. So I went into Wrigleyville, like by Wrigley field and all all the bars I used to go to with my husband when we were young. And I like walked in and I was like, Oh, I'm like the old lady here. (laughs) (laughs) I'm pretty sure I could have, like, taught these kids at some point. <laughs> it was not the right scene. It definitely, yeah. Well, right, you haven't dated. Like, I hadn't dated since I was 17. Mm-hmm. So I was like, hell, I don't know what to do. I don't even know how to 
go about this. I mean, oh, and everything's different. Everything's like, different. You don't, it's, you don't even do it the same way anymore. No. So no. true. So true. Okay. So back to you guys. <laughs> how, yeah. did, how did this progress? Okay. So I think I just checked in to say, hey, what's going on with you? Yeah. Yeah. And, and I had like some, some kind of big things going on. Like I started a new job and wanted to tell him about it and he'd keep checking in. Well, how was your first day? And, you know, like mm-hmm. someone who cared to hear about how things were going with me. Kind of like building a friendship. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I didn't think really anything was going to happen. Well, same because he was all the way here in Idaho yeah. and I'm literally across the, the States and I'm like, okay, this is, this is safe. This isn't going anywhere. I can talk to this person and not, they, you know, have to worry myself about, totally. oh, what does this turn into? What, you know, just let it be whatever it is. And we ended up talking on the phone and having a lot in common, being able to talk to him very easily. And then quickly it was like, wow, this is really nice to be able to share how I'm actually feeling and not have to hide. Yeah. And to be completely real. And this person gets everything that I'm saying, like without me even saying it trying to explain it and he would already know what I was what I was saying yeah that was that was huge how did you guys move from Instagram to a phone call you wanted to hear my southern accent oh I did want to hear southern accent oh cute (laughs) soft spot for that and um did we send like a voice message back and forth yes we did voice voice messages for a little while and then I think it was like right after that well let's talk on the phone and um it was, we know it now, but it seemed like a really strong connection right away mm-hmm. for me. Yeah. And as we moved through that, this was, let's say, April, early May of this 2022. Okay. So I was planning on going out there to visit because I was going to go move to that area. Mm-hmm. That's before I found out I had to have these pretty major surgeries. So we started talking on the phone and you bought a plane ticket. Okay, hold on. Early this on. Hang on. Go see me. Because I... <laughs> I did not want to invest, like, not only my time, but, like, feelings. I did not want to get feelings for someone unless I met them and knew what this was. So I was like, also, booking that ticket was more like, okay, I'm going to meet you as a friend. Right. Because. We both had lots of things that worked out. That's all it was initially for, because I had to wait for the time I had off for work. So that's why I booked so early. It was like two months, wasn't it? Yeah, I was like, well, come on. And, and so two months. months later, so much progressed. It was like, this mm. is turning into <laughs> way more than I expected in a very short amount of time. We were both pretty well in love before we even met in person. Yeah. But we were just needing to confirm that that was real. Mm. And it was. Yeah. It's like, well, we're going to know very soon if this is... It better, it better be after all this. We knew right yeah. So was it awkward at all when you met in person the first time? Like for the first 15 minutes, right? I, I wouldn't even say airport. awkward. It, it was just more of like uh, how you would meet anybody, kind of like, yeah. oh, hey. And then by the time I like got in your car and we were driving around, I, mm. I don't know, it felt pretty normal to me. Like we would do dates on Instagram, like dress up. Video chat. And like order food. And then we do like a date. Oh my gosh, and, that's um, so cute. Yeah, it was fun. <laughs> He's really romantic. He he did a good job. He sent me date boxes. <laughs> oh, what's a date box? <laughs> he had like a whole theme. We decided we were gonna do like sushi. sushi. So 
He's had a box that had chopsticks, it had um, a bamboo board, a bamboo board, desserts. Yeah, like um, what do you call those sticky rice desserts? Something. Some kind of mochi. No. Mochi. Yes. Mochi. Oh. Yeah, it was. And sweet. we had like I put some cups in there, and then so we had the same table setting. Oh my god, this stuff. is adorable. It and was sweet. I ordered food sushi for her, and and then so we both looked like we're at the same table. With the same place setting, same cups. She had a smoke hot dress on. <laughs> I got oh dressed up to go to not leave my house. <laughs> I love this. It was neat. Oh my gosh, so, this is so good too because I think because of what you said, like the whole it's safe to talk to people who are long distance and there's just safety in that, right? It feels a, like a right. slower process. I think mm-hmm. people need tips for long distance dating and that's really good. I did not think it was going to work. Like, I I'm, did not think this would happen. No, like... So, but it's amazing. I say this is exactly what I needed was long distance because, hate to bring up, like, previously. Yeah, same, but same. things would go... It You can't help for it to go fast. Like, when you have kids and you're dating and then the other person has kids and it's like you're instantly a family yeah. without even meaning to. It's so hard to date when you have kids because... Unless you get a sitter for every single time you want to go out, it's like yeah, it just doesn't work. And who can Dating afford that? Like we're a family and didn't even want this at all. Right. So I would, I would get freaked out all the time and like just want to completely run away. And I think long distance is like exactly what I needed. Yeah, talked on the phone a lot. Yeah, we did talk on the phone a lot. Our kids were mad. <laughs> <laughs> We really got to know each other before meeting. Yeah. It really worked. I actually, I love that too. Um, So my boyfriend and I are like an hour away, so it feels like semi-long distance. I think that all the time, like we talk on the phone every single night. I'm like, I know him so much more deeply than I think if we just together. The other thing we do that I really actually love is we just pick a movie to watch together and we like three, two, one start at the same time, you know, and it's like, you know. It's as close as you can get <laughs> to doing the same thing. Nice. Okay, so um, what did you do on that first weekend when you were together? So, well, I got an Airbnb, like what, was it 10 minutes away? Yeah. So he like got to pick me up and take me on actual dates. We're like, we're going to do real dates this time. Mm. So we dressed up, of course it was summer, but we tried to go to a nice restaurant and <laughs> missed we missed our reservation. Oh no. <laughs> So we went to another restaurant dressed nice, and they were not. And it was like we were so dressed up for this really <laughs> nice place, and going to just a like a bar place. <laughs> yeah, it didn't go as planned, but so we, we went swimming. We were just so excited to be together, yeah. and uh, I think there was a lot of chemistry. There was a lot of excitement, and- excitement. But we just were really finding out that this relationship was actual love. We were both reserved. Yeah, we were trying to be so careful. Like, when do you say it? it because this was definitely different than anything I had felt before mm-hmm. since Angela. Mm-hmm. Same for Same. you. Yes. But, you know, I had said it before in the past when I was dating, but I I didn't know even what the feeling felt like. I just thought, like, Amanda, maybe this is love and this is as good as it gets, and I just feel torn, but that's what it is now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I didn't feel like that with her, and so... Hmm. We got a paddleboard, and we were out in the middle of this like little lake. Hmm. This is and, the first uh, weekend still that you yeah, met in person. Weekend. Oh my yeah, gosh! <laughs> the second day, 
It was blistering hot, but then we were just sitting out there floating like in the middle of this little... It felt lake. like no one was there. I was like, I'm pretty sure I'm in love with you. She said... <gasps> said I'm too. Yeah, I'm with you too. And I was like... You, I said something like, okay, we have to kiss now. <laughs> this so is a kiss moment. <laughs> it was a really cool, really cool day. I mean, it was amazing. Yeah. So. Still like one of the, one of my highlights. Yeah. Hmm. I like. flew back. We were sad as heck. Oh, uh, yes. <laughs> we were like, how do we get back to each other? So that was in May, you said? I think. Mm, this was in August. August when she finally was able to come out. Okay. So yeah. like relative to now which is December of 2022. This was, like, really recently. This was really recently. Okay, and then you just got married this past weekend. <laughs> yeah. We, yeah, we did this whole thing very fast, but, but like, there was no doubts and questions for me, and that was always a thing before. It was, like... No red flags <laughs> popping up everywhere like other people. <laughs> right. You're like, I don't see that red flag. I'm just going to put that one down real quick. <laughs> no, I was... I was sure and never had gotten that feeling before of being sure. It was always like, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. And this was like, I do know. I know. And I want to do this and I want to be happy. And you don't even care what like everyone thinks at that point because you know that you're happy and you know that that's what matters. Yeah. Okay. So I'm thinking like if this were me and I had two kids or four kids, and then I was envisioning bringing all of them into one household, I might be overwhelmed by that. So, okay. (laughs) Yeah. Like, did that cause you pause? It didn't cause me pause. Uh, The long distance, even after she came out, was difficult. We're like, how do we figure this out? Who's moving? I was going to move out there. Then I had had a surgery right after she came out. I had a surgery on my, my neck. I couldn't talk for like almost six weeks. Wow. So on the phone, it'd be like, I could whisper. It was, I mean, I like, I felt so bad because then Amanda would be like, what, what, what? But the distance became like, it was a I mean, difficult was, hurdle for a while. Like, yeah, because the plans changed. What are we going to do? How are we going to make this work? The plans changed. Like, you know, I'm going into it thinking that, okay, he's moving out here and we're going to have time to figure this out. Live by um, each other dates. Whatever. Yeah, and then take this as as it goes. But we at that point were so crazy about each other, and I was like, "Well, I'm, I can't wait that long." Hmm. We talked about it. What if we fly back and forth? Yeah, see each other every month, month and a half. How's that going to be for us? You know, three, four months, and we both were like, the time in between where we are is very down. Like it was very difficult mm-hmm. to have that happen. We're in love and then separate. Well, and then also, I was so connected with his kids, and by the time I met met them the first time, and, like, we would video chat, and I felt like my family was here, Mm -hmm. and then I was in another, also my family, but it killed me to be in two separate places, and it was hard on the kids, too. Yeah. How, how How were you so connected with them? I think it was, like, an instant, like, we just fell in love with with the kids so quickly and it was like I felt like I needed them as much as they needed me like I was just so drawn to them like just knew this is my place like this is where I'm supposed to be it was really quick yeah they really you know over the last number of years I'm coming up on five years next month the kids have had like ups and downs but I was always very careful to introduce them to anybody because they get attached so quickly yeah but as a man and I talked, and I felt more and more like 
this was going to be like we were going to like we were going to do this and she was going to be mama i sort of like let more available we started video chatting so they would see her and by the time she got here they were almost like is this gonna be mom oh wow which was also scary Mm -hmm. but um and it was the same way when i went there to visit her boys oh my gosh for the littlest one sawyer right like sawyer was so i picked the boys up from school mike was at my house because i didn't want them to meet in the car yeah and before i could even put the car in park sawyer Run, like opens the door, runs out, and literally leaps into Mike's arms, and he's mm. just like, like he was just daddy, daddy, daddy. So happy to finally have that because he's. I mean, both of the boys, of course, have like needed that and wanted that for so long, and it yeah. was like this. This is really, it really is real, and they were so happy. Now, when Amanda moved out here like four weeks ago, mm-hmm. the kids had not met each other in person. Okay. So I brought Amanda home with the boys. They had video chatted a bunch. And we just all moved into one house. Because you don't have craziness. a way to prepare that. There's no. not like, <laughs> you just have to do it. I'm not saying that other people should do that or whatever. But it, <laughs> um, it has been very challenging. We got married as fast as we could because we know we, we wanted to be married quickly. Yeah. So, but it's honestly... They call each other brother and sister. They do fight a lot, but kids fight anyways. Like, yeah. my kids bickered a lot. Her kids bickered some. Mm-hmm. And so we, I'm like, oh, no, what's going to happen? But. I mean, we're learning as we go, too. Yeah. But consider the drastic change that all of us have just kind of jumped into. Mm-hmm. We're kind of like, wow, we're doing this. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, totally. And so I'm also curious, like, what have been the challenging parts is it just the arguing or the noise or the amount of bodies? Check, check, All of the check. <laughs> I don't know that. I think parenting together, not that we're, it's just different in learning like, okay, what what can I do? Because I know that for, I say my kids, like they're all my kids, but like the Seth and Sawyer, I will get onto them so much quicker um, than I, I wouldn't be like, I would be less strict with mm-hmm. the other kid because like, okay, I'm new here and Same. it's hard to like balance just what you're used to doing with your kids on a regular basis. And then now you have more kids, mm-hmm. but I, I feel like we're leveling out now a we little are. bit more. It I just mean, takes time to balance it. Everything's different. The way you make coffee is different. The way mm-hmm. you fold your mm-hmm. towels is different. The kids are used to the rules of their own house. Mm-hmm. Time with each parent is challenging because the kids are used to that. Mm-hmm. So we definitely have a lot of emotion. Yeah. We definitely have emotion as well. Mm-hmm. Grief still. Love for our spouses that we lost still. Mm-hmm. Um, we're having genuine, amazing happiness, love, joy, passion, all those things like that, like we have now, which is amazing. Mm-hmm. But the hard stuff's all still there. Yeah, of course there but you don't have to pretend like it's not and you know it's okay to share what's on your mind and it's okay to be sad right and that's what I tell the kids too like you're gonna see mommy sad and it's okay for you to be sad too like just we're in it together like not one person is on their own in this yeah Mm -hmm. okay I have a couple questions one is so I remember from 
from when I was married that a lot of times if I was upset, my husband would know I was upset with him because I was visibly upset. (laughs) And that was a sign to him. Like, I didn't even need to say anything. He would just know. Except now with grief added on, do you feel like you need like stronger communication skills to decipher with each other? Like, are you upset with me? Or are you just grief upset? Or like, how do you manage all that? I feel like there has to be a lot more communication. Um, Like, for example, I was kind of having just a down day and I didn't want Mike to think like I was upset or anything. And so I was like, I just need to let him know. Like the day after after the wedding? The day after we got married. Mm -hmm. So I was like, I I just need, because I found myself like trying to, I wanted to cry, but I kept wiping it away. Like I didn't want anyone to see. And I was like, I need to let you know that this is kind of what I'm battling right now. Not that you need to do anything. I just, I don't want to hide it from you. Right. So that way he knew. And then eventually it came out a good bit. And actually Nora, our daughter, she came up to me and hugged me. And like, we both just bawled. (laughs) I mean, it looked emotional for the kids too. And especially the older ones, because they remember so much more. Yeah. It's like happy memories still bring the sad ones. Yeah. At the same time. Like, right after our ceremony, my daughter was started bawling, like, in her dress in the kitchen just because the happiness also brought up grief. And so I think it's important, we know this now, that if you're moving forward and you're going to make big decisions, you're still going to have, it's not going to be just, like, you're jumping this one hurdle and then you're on to happiness. Yeah, yeah. of course. Um, and, um, you know, and later that night, my son got really sad. Um, and it was different for both of us, but I wear my emotions more on my sleeve <laughs> if I'm annoyed with something, where I think you're more, like, reserved. Yeah. But we're still figuring it out, yeah. right? It's not like we've had a ton of yeah. physical date. There. We haven't. But that's where, like, communication, at yeah. least for me, I Huge. need. So. Huge. Are you talking at all about purchasing a neutral house that wasn't your house first, Mike? Or do you think you'll stay settled into this house? Well, part of the reason we got married quickly is because there's a lot of things that were changing. Mm. I was renting a house here, but I was still planning on moving out somewhere towards the Virginia, South Carolina, North Carolina area. So Amanda moving out here and us getting married was a stepping stone to moving back out there. Okay. Her family's out that way. But we did have a lot of discussion of if Amanda came here, it would feel a lot like she was just moving in with us. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't her house. So we brought as much stuff as we could, but still, that was definitely a challenge, right? Yeah. And to I think mean, about it first. Yeah. It was it was a lot to think about. And even getting here was, it, it took a while to adjust to it. And like he said, it's a, it's a stepping stone to where we want to be. Right. And we are going to make a home together. And that's just going to take a little bit of time. Yeah. Yeah. I'm really impressed by how the two of you just sort of like made the decision and are just doing it instead of completely overthinking it. <laughs> like, I know I get stuck in that. How it works. Yeah, I'm definitely an overthinker for sure. I wonder too if, because obviously I know you're both believers, if you yeah. felt like that you heard clearly from God that this was the path that you were supposed to be on together. I felt that completely in my heart. For me, it was the no hesitation because I feel like if there's hesitation, that's God's way of kind of putting a halt on it. And it was like, I felt like the green light was there. Like, this is, this is what I've 
plan for you and be happy. And, mm-hmm. and I am. I don't know if I had like, I didn't have an audible or I didn't have mm-hmm. revelation, but it felt different. It felt right. I felt at peace with it. Right. We had a lot of roadblocks. I mean, we had surgeries and problems flying and moving and car, all yeah, bunch of different yeah. stuff that came up. Problems with some of our kids in school and big stuff come up. And mm-hmm. we just were like, we want to do this. So yeah. like we knew we were in it and we, we were, were going to figure it out. Yeah. Really awesome and commendable. In terms of like stuff that's sort of in memory of your late spouses, do you have things around the house or how are you keeping their memory alive? So my things are not even unpacked yet Mm. because at the wedding, as soon as I got here and it's freezing cold, I'm not that interested in going out in the garage and unpacking boxes. I'm kind of like on hold for a little while. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But we got Rusty and the kids like big canvases and put them right in their rooms. Like for the boys. Yeah, because we want to still incorporate those pictures and memories in our in our home, mm-hmm. and so and it, we're doing it together. So coming in, Mike kind of got things ready to where for both of it's it's more like a blank slate, and we're going to incorporate them together. As, yeah. That way, it's not like I'm walking into mm-hmm. this old life or ways before. I had um, a lot of pictures up of Angela everywhere. Yeah, mm-hmm. but we want to match that. Mm-hmm. So there's pictures of Rusty and Angela. However we do that, that's really important to us because the kids love their parents. Yeah. And they're a huge part of our lives. Yeah, and then we talk about them daily. It's not something that we're hiding or trying to put in a box and stay in a box. Yeah. Because they are both still very big parts of our lives, and they always will be. Yeah. Daddy, Rusty, Mama, Angela. We just talk about them a lot. Yeah. Yeah, I love that. Okay, so I just had a conversation with someone recently talking about, oh, Michelle Breedlove Sells was talking about changing her name when she got married and how that was a really difficult decision for her, but her soon-to-be husband really wants her to. So can you walk us through your decision-making process on that? Well, so before I met Mike, I was 100%, I'm never changing my last name, like, I was just adamant about, no, I'm never going to do it. And I think it was just because I'd never met someone that made me want to do that. Mm. And then also being so many years down the road, like it just takes time to get to that space mentally where you feel like you can get married again and you can love someone again. It's like, I love this person. And I mean, I love Rusty, but I'm not Rusty's wife anymore. Yeah. And I can carry his name with me, but I want to be Mike's wife. And like initially the thought of it was kind of a little painful, but I still wanted to do it. And I'm happy to be Mrs. Daniels. Hmm. And will the kids keep their last name? Yeah. So the boys are going to keep their last name. Yeah. I just, I didn't want to take that from them Yeah. um, and and make a decision on that later. But for now, they could double name or they could keep yeah. it. They could do what they, when they're older, I guess. Yeah. I love that. So I would love to just do kind of the last two questions, which the first one is, how do you think you've changed the most since the death of your late spouse? Wow. <laughs> yeah. Um... I feel like I have lost fear for me. Almost doesn't, let's say doesn't exist, but like, I'm not afraid to go do things now, even if it is on my own. I think before I was so like stuck on, I have to do this together and not so like 
brave to just branch out. And I am so much more brave now. Mm-hmm. Um, definitely so much more like in tune spiritually. Life just has so much more meaning mm-hmm. now yeah. after you've just experienced and gone through something like that. Yeah. How have you changed, dear? Life and time definitely has much deeper meaning. A lot of the superficial stuff that I just think were important are not important. Mm-hmm. And so you just kind of shed this huge layer of meaning that you put to things. Um, I really value time with people and health. Thankful for every day. We pray and thank God for like every day mm-hmm. we're able to be together. I don't care as much about money. I don't care as much about careers. Like you lose all those things, right? You spend all your money on cancer treatments. You lose your career in the midst and all these things. And you learn that that's really not that important. Mm. Things to be thankful for, like yeah. the most small, simple things that you would probably look past. You just think, wow, how thankful I am for something as simple as like doing laundry that, you know, for my husband or um, just feeling normal. You know, it's a blessing to feel normal, mm-hmm. um, to feel complete content and to just have peace with where you're at in life yeah yeah um also i would say um, i had to revisit a lot of things with my faith mm. like i had to go re- revisiting a lot because it just shook me to the core and so I, you're not sure who you are anymore both physically mentally spiritually so i'm definitely still in the rebuilding phase of all that but i think it's a more genuine existence mm. crappy as that is you go through some trauma, mm-hmm. you come out more refined mm-hmm. on the other side of them. That makes total sense to me. And that's that's exactly yeah. how I feel about my faith too. Like I'm in a rebuilding phase. I'm thankful to be with somebody that I can talk to about that and who can walk with me yeah. in it. And I'm sure that that's really nice for the two of you to have that for each other too. Yeah. Because it's not easy. That. Those are big questions and grapplings big. and yeah. Yes. All right, you guys, what's one thing you're looking forward to? Definitely looking forward to moving and have, having a home together. Come on, honeymoon. <laughs> yes. I'm thinking long term. Is there a yeah. plan for a honeymoon? Yes. There's a potential. I'm working on it. But uh, it, was, it was a lot to move to a wedding within like five weeks of each other. So, yeah, yeah we, are, we want to be alone. Yes. <laughs> We haven't had 24 hours, have we? We have not had a full 24 24 hours hours together yet. Do you guys have a support network that's like, yes, we'll take all six of your kids for a week? Oh, for a week? For a week, I don't know. That would be a lot to ask. Okay, how about a a weekend? Yeah, my family is here, and uh, they just helped with a bunch of stuff. Moving, the wedding, Mm -hmm. which we did ourselves. We put that on ourselves. We did everything with my family. So, yeah, we got that coming up. We get two days together. After Christmas? Like after Christmas. Yeah. <laughs> we get two days. He's just hanging there. We get two days together. <laughs> the teacher in me is like, well, if I come to Idaho and I bring my two kids, that's eight kids. I can handle that. I can watch kids so you guys can go have a honeymoon. <laughs> I'm like, how Maybe. can I make this happen for you? <laughs> so you're a teacher and a teacher as well. Oh, you are? That's cool. Yes, I taught um, middle school, well, and high school. Okay. Are you still doing it? Oh, no. There's no, not right now. Yeah. The future will hold, but we have a lot of things to sort through in the home before (laughs) before I can start back to work. We're all Uh, all hands now. It's like trying to steer this ship. 
Yeah. Well, you guys, it's so nice to have you. Like, I can feel the love watching you, and I'm so, so happy for you. And really, really appreciate you telling your story. Thank you for having us on. Of course. All right, you guys. Good luck over there. Thank Thank you. you. Okay, bye. Bye. So great to hear from them. Of course, I just wish them all the best, and I hope they're able to enjoy those two days away and get a honeymoon in at some point. I'm really happy for them and just, like I said, so impressed by their commitment to this and the way they have so thoughtfully planned how they will continue to honor their spouses while building a new life together. All right, friends, that's the end of our season. I do want to do one last thank you to BetterHelp for being our sponsor. BetterHelp provides online therapy that is easy and convenient and you can do from home. And if you go to the site betterhelp.com slash datingafterdeath, you will get 10% off your first month's membership. Final quick plug for the Patreon. If you are listening to this in December of 2022, you have just about another week to sign up before the Patreon gets paused for January and February while I am on break. You will have access to everything that's there, including the Facebook group, which I will continue to be active on, and I'm sure others will as well. But you don't have to pay for January and February, so it's like getting a free couple of months if you sign up now. And if you've been on the fence, this is the time to do it because you won't get to sign up again until March when I unpause and we start up again. I know I say this all the time, but I'm thankful for you all and I'm gonna miss you. (laughs) So don't hesitate to reach out in the break and send me DMs or emails. I really, really, really love to connect with you all and I wanna hear what's going on with you. So I will look forward to that in the meantime. And I have to say there are some exciting guests lined up for season three. Stay tuned and I will see you all soon. Bye.